when you are very memorable, like like us, <laughs> you, need, you need to call yourself soldiers of hell yeah. for no it's, real reason. It's something that only becomes more <laughs> bizarre as time goes on, that we continue to do it. I don't know if I told you this, but when we were moving house, I think I sent you some pictures of some old uh, posters from our university days yes, that I found. Yeah. Well, I found another one. I've got it here, and it's rolled up, and it's in pristine condition. And it is actually an old University Radio York um, schedule poster. <laughs> it's got us on it somewhere. Yes, I'm looking at the poster now. Poster, yeah. Is it Monday nights? On Wednesday morning, 8am. Breakfast show slot, premiere. And Thursday night, 10pm. Wow. It's amazing to think that we actually had more material. You, we, we were professionals, that's the thing though, wasn't it? Professionals that didn't get yeah. paid, yeah. Yeah, unique to uh, to broadcasting, I'll grant you. I think we were paid in beer yes. from our I student loans, um, basically. It's more than we deserved. <laughs> In 2007, an episode of Soldiers of Hell disappeared into a black hole. Join Andy and Spence in this blast from the past, like dusting off an lost episode of Doctor Who, but with less wobbly sets. Right, so here we are again. Well, last time we didn't actually come up with any questions. There was nothing that we discussed no. that we actually felt... We didn't know. I think that's a reflection of how geeky, stroke, nerdy we actually are, because th there were no questions that came out. Therefore, can I, can I just clarify? Is our geekdom the domain over which we have authority in the way that a king would have his kingdom? I believe so. We have sway over our geekdom. Let's see if we can pluck out a few ideas. Okay, so uh, have a rummage around in there. Okay. What's it? What is it? Public transport etiquette. Public transport etiquette. I'm not quite sure exactly what that means. I think I can help fill in the gaps here. Okay. This time it's stuff that we've had submitted from listeners to the show. Hang on, we've got listeners. It's useful, isn't it? It's crazy. But it's good to know it's not just my mum. Are you sure it's not just your mum? Is the subject going to be the next one? Have you got clean pants on? Are you going to be careful when you go out on Friday night? Make sure you leave a light on. That Belinda Carlisle. Anyway, the various submissions we've had, we've chucked it in the hat. First one I've plucked out is public transport etiquette. I believe that was a listener who wanted to discuss their annoyance at people who place their bag, rucksack, whatever on the chair next to them on various modes of public transport, which basically says, don't try and sit next to me. Is that a defence mechanism, though? When I go on a bus, at all costs, I will not sit next to someone unless I absolutely have to. And even then, I've got a filter system, pretty girl, ugly girl, non-threatening male. Is it not obvious, though, when you get on a bus and you choose who you're going to sit next to and you choose the pretty girl? Do you think that pretty girl's sitting there thinking, I'm going to put my bag next to me because I don't want Guy getting on the bus picking me out? I'm not actually going to do anything. I just, it's just, if I've got to sit next to someone, may as well be some eye candy. 
you can't really see them because unless you're going to turn and look at them, which is a bit obvious. No, I've got my bus kit, which comprises a powerful telescope. <laughs> well, what are you going to need a telescope for? I'm doing the action of a another magnifying glass, that's it, Why to examine both skin tone and clarity and makeup application. So what would you do if you'd accidentally sat down next to someone who wasn't as attractive as you thought? I'd probably just pull up with it, wouldn't I? In go the iPod earphones, and um, away we go. Eyes at the floor, keep looking at the floor. Always at the floor. Okay. Let's Until you have to ding the bell. Let's flip this round. Right. You're sat on the bus. Yep. You've established that you would rather not have anyone sat next to you. If possible, that would be okay. the ideal. So, your way to not guarantee it, but stand a good chance of not being selected is to put your bag next to you, therefore making this chair seem unavailable, even though it blatantly is available. You've got an opportunity there. Pretty girl gets on the bus thinking, who am I going to pick? Remove the bag. Isn't that, again, obvious that you're now wanting pretty girl to sit next I, to you? I do want to clear up. I'm not some sort <laughs> of public transport stalker. It's just it's just a preference. Quick scan of the bus. It's not an in-depth survey. And once again, I'm not getting on the bus looking for a life partner. It is just a mild preference. Ask anyone, even a pretty girl themselves, they'd rather another pretty girl sat next to them than a sweating oaf. True. But I have now a vision of you getting on your bus, paying your bus fare, then saying to the driver, can I borrow your microphone so I can (laughs) talk to the bus and do a bit of a blind date style. I'm going to ask three questions of each member, see how clever and witty their answers are to determine whether I'm going to sit next to them or not. They should keep all the pretty girls on the bottom floor of the bus, ask questions of three men sitting upstairs, and then when she's picked one, they come down and the doors reveal. Blind bus date. Yeah, I can see why you'd be annoyed at that, and indeed I get annoyed by it. It basically says, don't sit next to me, doesn't it? They may as well actually get a gauntlet and put it next to them, throwing it down for you to challenge for the seat. A little bit selfish, really. And especially when you have, may have um, the frailer generation getting on the bus. I always make it a priority that I like to be the first one to offer my seat to either a lady or an elderly person, because I like to be seen as being Mr. Nice. To the pretty girl who sat further up the bus. Would you like my seat? I'm already sat down, thanks. Sit down. I'll give you an example of when I've experienced annoyance at this kind of behaviour in someone. I got on a train, I had a pre-booked ticket, it had a seat number that was mine, I went to said seat, there was a guy sat in the seat next to it, but he also had his bags, his laptop bag, a guitar case and various other bags, so he's basically really, really saying, this seat ain't for you mister. I said, this is my seat, can you move your thing so I can sit down? He had the cheek to say, can't you just find another seat? No, not really, because if I go and find another seat, someone is then going to come up to me and say, excuse me, this is my seat, can you find another seat? And I'm going to spend my entire journey playing musical chairs just because some guy thinks he deserves a chair because he's got a guitar and a laptop. That's rude. On the train journey here, actually, my seat for the first half hour of the train journey was taken up by a rather large woman. The train was very crowded. And there were clearly two friends who hadn't booked tickets, were sitting, chatting, one of the seats was mine. I really couldn't be bothered asking them to move because I thought, well, there's a few major stops coming up. They'll probably get off at the next one. And I think you have to judge the situation. I'm quite happy if there's like an old person sitting in my seat. They really do need it more than I do. So I'm happy to sit down if the space in the carriage weighs. But in general, I'm quite happy to challenge for my seat back 
Would you challenge for your seat back if in said seat was pretty girl? No, I wouldn't, because <laughs> I'm a gentleman. I'm a great believer that I'll offer my seat to a lady. I'll open a door first for a lady. Is that not your own lady? Any lady. I always hold, you know, maybe to the point of being slightly obsessive about it. I'll stand and wait for a while if someone's coming down the corridor. I can't help it. I feel compelled to be polite most of the time. In fact, I've been criticised for when I go in Subway and I'm ordering, asking for something. I will say please and thank you when they ask for everything. Any lettuce? No, thank you. Tomato? No, thank you. Do you want any cheese? Um, just please. Overly polite. I think that's really good. I think it can be a bit irritating, though, if you're with someone and they're doing it all the time, which obviously people are with me, they'll probably get to hear it a lot. Well, I appreciate your comments there, Andy. But well, thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm seriously touched by that. Nice. My pleasure. Good. That's another characteristic, I think, of English people in general. They don't get angry. They get overly polite. I beg your pardon. Well, I think you'll find that you'll... <laughs> the bag thing's annoying, yeah, it's irritating, but it can be remedied with a swift jab to the face. Something that really irritates me is when you get people listening to music on their music phones, but they haven't got any earphones. They just have the music playing, and that's it, and they're holding it. I've never witnessed that, but that would irritate me immensely. I find it really... And it's not just on the bus. It's when I'm walking around town and, and people are going past me and they've just got the music playing on their phone. Get some earphones, please. Not everyone wants to listen to your ridiculous music. And what, I find what, it, what music was it? Generally, it's some rubbish hip-hop or R&B. If it was decent hip-hop or R&B, I wouldn't be quite so bothered, but it's generally rubbish. It's generally chaffs, to be honest. I wouldn't witness a girl get on a train chatting away on her mobile and while she was talking away on it, it rang. Do you think she was escaping some particular authority? Like a, a mental health trust or...? I've no idea. She quickly kind of turned it off and then looked sheepish. She even got off at the next stop. I don't know whether she was meant to. That's maybe, bizarre. Maybe I should have reported this to the authorities. I think maybe you should have. But, and also, something that annoys me is people on buses or trains, any transport, to be honest, where they're talking, and they're talking to the person next to them, but you can very clearly tell they want the whole bus to hear what they've got to say, because they think it's a great story, because I'm mad I am! This is swiftly turning into a rant, isn't it? It is. Uh, I think it's displaying the shortcomings of my temper, despite my protestations of being polite. I've started to spot a pattern here. Uh... Very first episode of the Soldiers of Hell podcast, it involved going into the Stasi hat, pulling out a subject, and the subject became, for that episode, beefs with beef films. films. Right, it's like the only time we've had a beef with anything. Now we've got a beef with humanity. Which beef? Beef with public transport users. Annoying public transport users. But I recently went on holiday, and on the plane on the way there, there was this guy sitting behind us, going on about how he had some prawns and they made his throat swell up. And he was going on for ages how he simply can't overemphasise how big his throat got or how, how much he had allergic reaction. And I thought to myself, ten minutes ago I'd have enough of your emphasis. You claiming you can't overemphasise it is the understatement of the year. That's a ridiculous statement to make. I'm sure if he'd said, my throat swelled up to the size of the moon, <laughs> that would have been a little bit of overemphasis there. Exactly. You? Exactly. So if he doesn't have the ability, I wonder if he's got a bit of his brain missing. I wonder if there's a little bit of your brain that enables you to overemphasise he hasn't got that. So he couldn't even imagine saying the phrase, my throat was the size of the moon. 
Or maybe he's got a little bit of his brain missing that negates him from uh, being able to make reasonable comparisons. Maybe he looked at his throat, held it up against the moon in the sky, and thought, yeah, that's the same size. The moon's pretty big. My throat, I simply can't overemphasize that. <laughs> How he would look at his own throat in reference to the moon, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, here I go. Right then. Topic number two. Baked bean sandwich simplicity. Right, if I remember correctly, the background to this was the listener had stumbled across a website that was dedicated to the simplicity of a baked bean sandwich. Okay. I can't say I've ever really had, seen, smelt, touched or tasted the baked bean sandwich. No, I didn't actually research it, so... It could be a leg-pulling situation. It could be. I mean, a baked bean sandwich for me, I'm not really sure how that's going to work. You have baked beans on toast, I suppose, which is essentially a burnt sandwich. So maybe it's like a baked bean toasty. Perhaps that's what it means. Are we thinking, though, this is in terms of baked beans like you get from a can? So they're yeah. in, in tomato sauce. Yeah. Because it would work better... If there was no tomato sauce, because if it's not toast, that'd be a baked bean toasted sandwich, wouldn't it? True. If it's not toasted bread, then it's going to get a little soggy, isn't it? The potential for seepage is massive. I just don't see how it would work. Why would you want one? How could you pick it up? You couldn't. It's It would fall to pieces through your increasingly tomato-y hands. The idea of one, I think it's weird anyway, because I just don't like baked beans. I've never seen baked beans, interestingly enough, um, without tomato sauce. The bean must come independently at some point. I think they're haricot beans, aren't they? I've no idea. And I think you can buy them in most large supermarkets or pulse stores. You know, you go in there, you get your haricot beans, and you boil them for a bit, and then they become the bean that you know and love, just not in tomato sauce. Not you, personally. No, I know you actually yeah. don't like them. You've just We've said. already established that I don't like them. I can't see the appeal of it, but people eat weird things, though, don't they? Have you ever seen that program that's Honey, We're Killing the Kids? Uh, no, I haven't. Do you know roughly what it is? It's about some adults that are killing their children. In a roundabout way, it's more or less, a parent is fairly weak-willed, lets the kid get away with whatever it wants to do, parent lets the kids eat whatever they want, woman extrapolates the kid's life out, how they're looking, 40 years, generally it's bad, they try and change their life so that the outcome of the children's health, life, prospects, etc. increases. Okay. This one woman, she was feeding her son fried baked beans. What? She would empty the tin of baked beans into a frying pan. Fry what for him? In oil. In oil, yes. It's possibly the most unhealthy thing I've ever seen to eat. Because it looks bad. Why would you want to eat that? And moreover, how do you find out that that's how you like your baked beans cooked? This coming from a man who's had a deep fried Mars bar. Deep fried Yorkie. Deep, and I think you'll find you were party to that deep fry incident. True. Exactly. I, but I'm, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying. I have, yeah, I've had, a, <laughs> I've had a deep fried Yorkie. Yeah, want to fight about it. I'm quite happy with that. But to regularly eat fried baked beans. That's a bad idea. Going back to like the toast and beans on toast thing. I used to um, share a house with a guy who actually, he never really had beans on toast. We'd have the same two ingredients quite often. You could only really describe it as toast on beans. He was too lazy or actually too rushed to get to work on time. 
to get out a pan to empty the beans into to heat up on the hob whilst toasting some bread to then butter that bread and put the beans on top of it when warmed up. What you would actually do, get a plate, pour lots of beans onto it, put said plate in microwave, heat up whilst toasting bread. Plate would come out and then you'd think, right, okay, my only option now is to put the toast <laughs> on the beans. How much time would you save? Not much, surely. 20 probably, seconds? Probably as long as it took me to explain that to you. It's not worth it. People can be funny about the simplest of foods. For example, I know someone who shall remain nameless, but when they have beans on toast, they have to have one slice of toast square and the other slice of toast cut into like diamond edges and either side and then the beans put on top. Yet if they were to have, say, ravioli on toast, it's quite fine to have two slices of toast just there. When you said that this person will remain nameless, are you going to tell me after? Yeah. And I just find it weird that people have those little freaky things about food. Like, um... Is this person who's nameless going to be offended that you said they were a freak? No, I've not said they're a freak, but I've said people have freaky things about food. Right, okay. Like my mum... Yeah. I'm quite happy to name her as a freak. She eats raw peas out of the pod while she's peeling them. Quite a lot of people do that. But that's weird. That's weird yeah, to me. But they're not frozen in the pot. No, they aren't frozen, but neither have they been cooked. It's still eating an essentially raw vegetable. You've had a raw carrot before, haven't you? I have had a raw carrot, but it just seems, it just seems odd. Like I know someone, again, that loves Brussels sprouts. Yeah, I've never understood this obsession with Brussels sprouts at Christmas. Is it because Christmas is a time of sharing? Therefore, you're kind of spreading the wealth throughout the vegetable family. <laughs> You're saying, okay, it's the festive season, we're going to be loving to all the vegetables, we're going to treat them as equals. Yeah. The Brussels sprouts get a rough deal throughout the year, but at Christmas time, Brussels are our our main man, stroke woman. Are veg women or men? I don't know, it's a thing. So to me, that would insinuate it's a woman. Not because I'm saying that women are things, but because most things that don't have a gender, i.e. ships, countries, are generally considered she. Monster trucks. She, I don't know, are they? Yeah. Bigfoot was a bloke. You sure? I'm sure Bigfoot was a bloke. I don't know, most things, most inanimate objects are given the she status. Trained? Yeah, apart from flying Scott's man. But that's just man, like human, not Scott's necessarily man. a man. But to bring it back, this person, it's, it's my girlfriend Hayley, she loves Brussels sprouts. She, I just, and I can't understand it, you know, and obviously people have different tastes, but she said before she'd be quite happy to eat just a plate of Brussels sprouts and gravy. To me, it's like you've taken a cabbage and you've filtered out all of the potential goodness and what you have is a nugget of pure evil. That's what a Brussels sprout is to me. The last time I went to visit my mum, she gave me a tin of Brussels sprouts. Ugh. Tinned Brussels sprouts. <laughs> now that is a concept that I really, I mean... What about the simplicity of a Brussels sprout sandwich? That would be horrible. It horrific. Would. But it might work better than a baked bean sandwich. Yeah, because there's more solidity to a Brussels sprout. When I was little, I used to make myself, like, salad cream sandwiches. Just bread and salad cream? <laughs> bread and buttered bread with a load of salad cream in the middle on and eat it. Oh, dear. Is that weird? Yeah. Okay. What combos of fillings have you had on a sandwich? Um... Pretty standard ones, I suppose. Thinking of, like, spreadable kind of stuff. So, like, have you had chocolate spread and peanut butter? No. Have you had uh, peanut butter and marmalade? I um, mean, no, peanut butter and jam. Okay, I want to clarify this further. I've never had chocolate spread or peanut butter independently, let alone mixed, mm. on a sandwich. I've never had a peanut butter sandwich. 
I used to love them. I really don't anymore. Basically, you just get a piece of bread stuck to the roof of your mouth by this cement-style peanut butter. That seems weird. I don't like, I've not even seen peanut butter on sale for years. I remember when I was probably at school, there was an advert for peanut butter. Our son Dan or something. Oh, yeah. It was son... Our son Pat. Sun Pat was the name of the brand. So it was our Sun Pat. That was it. Oh, that's back in the days of Mighty White. That, <laughs> that was Mighty White. Have you ever seen the original adverts for Mighty White from, I think it's from New Zealand? No. The tagline was Mighty White for Mighty Whites. I really don't think they're going to be reusing that one, are Not they? really, no. It's unbelievable. Did you see that on Tarrant on TV? No. YouTube? No, I've got a friend who, when he grew up, his parents moved over to New Zealand when he was about two, and he grew up there, and he told me about it. I'm pretty sure that's where I heard it. You have a changing face of advertising there. Yeah. Slightly less prejudiced nowadays advertising, isn't it? Yeah, more inclusive to all people and cultures, I find. Yeah. What would they do when they were marketing their brown bread? <laughs> You're not even ah, oh, I don't know. What about wholemeal? Who's that I most applicable to? I don't know. You can't only aim food at the people whose ethnic origin closely resembles the name of that food. It's ridiculous. Brussels sprouts would only be available to Belgians. Wholemeal bread? I would argue that just some bread is not a whole meal. Not even bread with baked beans is not a Not even meal. if you had loads of it. No. The weirdest thing I know about sandwiches... Well, I, I say that I know about sandwiches, like I've done some sandwich investigation. The weirdest sandwich is, and I've only ever heard of it in American programmes, peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Have you ever tried it? After you'd clarified the chocolate spread and peanut butter thing, I was going to get onto that one. No, I haven't, because it appalls me. What I don't know is, by jelly, do Americans mean what we mean by jelly? No. Do they mean jam? Jam. So even that's still bad. That's still wrong and horrible. Peanut butter with jelly would be ridiculous. <laughs> Even especially if it's like jelly that's got the lumps of fruit in it. The simplicity of a jelly sandwich. There's nothing simple when about it. Just to clarify, when they say jello, that's jelly, jelly as we know it. Right, okay. So a peanut butter and jello sandwich would be pretty horrible. Rough ass. My granddad used to dip bread in his cups of tea and then eat them. Surely not. Yeah, he used to do it. And um, I don't know why he got a taste for it, but he did that sort of, that old people thing of whenever you say you're starving, they're like, you're not starving till your belly's touching your back. But I don't understand how that works. <laughs> I'm assuming he meant through the body so that your front of your belly skin is touching your spine, insinuating that you're that thin. I've never heard that phrase. He, he also used to say the phrase, if you catch a weasel asleep, piss in its ear. I think he meant, if you ever have an opportunity, take it, but... Why use something that's more confusing, basically the same amount of syllables? If you ever see some shiny hubcaps on a car, nick them. <laughs> I love the way old people, and the tastes old people have as well. Like, my nana, whenever we used to go up to her house and she ever did like a buffet-style lunch, she would have like a little bowl full of vinegar just with bits of cucumber floating in it. Yeah, don't get that. Weird, and it's just, it doesn't seem like, why would you want ultra-vinegary cucumber? I don't like cucumber at the best of times. Essentially pickled cucumber, isn't it? It is. What about potted meat? When was the last time you had some <laughs> potted meat? Potted meat, what do you mean by that? Do you mean cold meat? No, it's like um, meat spread. Beef, beef. Oh, beef paste. Beef paste. Meat paste. Oh, a couple, couple of weeks ago. I always, <laughs> we always have a, I always have a tin in, just in case. I quite like meat paste on toast. That's a poor man's pate, isn't it, really? Yeah. 
another thing I haven't had for ages is a fish finger sandwich. Okay, a baked bean sandwich in itself is quite simple. Therefore, you know, you can discuss the simplicity of it. If you then add fish fingers into the combo, are you improving that baked bean sandwich? And also providing some more support for the sandwich. That's what I'm thinking, having the fish fingers essentially acting as struts across the sandwich. (laughs) Yeah. To use a roof-building term. You you need something else to keep the solidity there. The weirdest sandwich I've ever had is the one we made ourselves. Red Dwarf-inspired Triple Friday chilli sauce and chutney. Yeah, that's um, that's weird. Works, though. It works. It does work. But um, very hard to hold. Doesn't actually melt your insides like it's claimed in As implied, no, no. I'm quite hungry now. Soldiers of Hell is a Fosgate Studios production. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, comment, and share.